0: International astronauts have
1: successfully
0: on planet Mars. Hi, this is Matthew Beers. I'm here with Bill Ostrove, the Space Systems Analyst for Forecast International. We're going to be talking about Elon Musk's speech on Mars colonization today. Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm really happy that you finally caught me to do one of these podcasts. Right. Thank, well, thanks for coming, Bill. Um, I, I guess the first thing I wanted to talk about was... Um, You know, was I right to hear that the reason he's doing this is for the survival of the human species, that there's going to be some catastrophic event on Earth at some point? um, You know, not tomorrow, maybe not a thousand years from now, but at some point. um, And to mitigate that, we need to colonize other planets. Yeah,
1: I think that's definitely part of his reasoning. Um, You know, it's sort of like a risk mitigation strategy. You know, Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, basically. One basket being Earth. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, exactly. A really big basket. Right. Um, But uh, what's what was interesting about this speech is uh, is that he said that there's definitely another aspect to it, uh, that it's not just to save the human race, but there's also an adventure aspect to it, uh, that this would be a really exciting adventure that some people would want to do
0: um, just for the the fun and excitement of it. Well, I would. I'd, I'd probably sell my house, um, put all my savings into it just to go to Mars. I, I, I talked to somebody about it yesterday, and they said, I wouldn't go there if you gave me a billion dollars. I'm pretty much in that second camp. Uh, yeah. I like writing about
1: space and analyzing the space market, right. but I'm pretty happy uh, having both feet on the ground. Right.
0: <laughs> okay, um, so um, the speech itself really wasn't what I expected. I expected, you know, some fireworks. I, I expected, you know, something that was very inspirational, something like maybe you would see on, like, TV. Um, you know, like, what is it, like Bill Pullman, an Independence Day speech. um <laughs> right. You know, like, Braveheart speech or something like that. Um, and and he, he did mention, you know, bringing, bringing together, you know, public-private um, partnerships. Um, but it wasn't this big speech, like, we got to bring all of these countries together. Um, you know, we got to bring all these private organizations together and, and we're going to do this. Um, it, it sounded to me more like, okay, this is what my company's going to do. And it was rather subdued. And he said, this is what we're going to do, uh, to accomplish the mission.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, in many ways I was surprised as well. Um, you know, uh, particularly because SpaceX is really going to have to find partners to work on this project. Uh, You know, it's going to be very expensive, first of all. And uh, second of all, there's a lot of uh, technological challenges uh, that are going to have to be overcome. Right. So he he really does need to get partners for this project if it's going to be successful. Okay. Um, So so I was surprised that there was less of uh, selling of the idea going on and more of... um, almost like a fact-based, you know, kind of like you said, you know, this is what we're doing and here's our plan. And, right. uh, you know, sort of laying out his his vision for for how he sees this happening. Um, you know, maybe that aspect will come later. Right. Um, but, but I really didn't see that at this beach, and, and I was surprised by that.
0: I, I was extremely surprised I how subdued it actually was. I was like, is he actually trying to get people on board here? Like, what is the point of the the conversation just to give, get the idea out there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: think, um, I think that was his goal was, was here's this idea. Here's how I foresee this happening. And then, um, possibly later on, uh, he'll, he'll pull in partners, uh, you know, kind of like the, um, a few years ago, I don't know if you remember, he announced uh, the idea for the Hyperloop. Right. Uh, and, and so it's kind of like, okay, here, here's this idea. Uh, here's, some basic technology behind it, you know. Here's some blueprints and um, let other people run with it, basically. Right.
0: I you know. I, I imagine it's it, you can't something that's that's this, I guess, abstract. Something that's that's this. Some people would call it maybe a little crazy. Um, I definitely I know. <laughs> last night I was talking to somebody and they said this is crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. y- you can't really go out there w- with guns blasting, saying, you know what, we're gonna do this and and just put it out there. For everybody to see. I mean, you just want to kind of keep it like he did, subdued, because it is it is such an extravagant idea. Uh, maybe having it subdued like that is actually it's a good idea.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I, I think so. You know, uh, you know, it's funny. I was telling my wife about it uh, last night, and and that was kind of her reaction. Also, is okay. Well, this this sounds great, but Mars is pretty inhospitable. So so how do these people survive when once they get there? You know, what are you going to drop them off and? Leave them a you know a copy of The Martian and uh, right and say, you know good luck see you later.
0: The, the same question came <laughs> up last night. What are they going to do
1: once they get there? Right, right. So, so I think that's um you know like I said before where where he's going to have to find partners to work with on right. on some of these uh, technological challenges, and that's definitely one of them is is I how you don't... support the people once they're there.
0: Well, I wonder. I mean, is that even is he going to take part in the actual colonization, or is that gonna be left up to uh, the, the colonizers there? Is that gonna be left up to other companies? Is that gonna be left up to governments uh, versus him just being the person who transports them there and back? Right. Um, from a speech, it, it sounded like
1: he wants to be the the transporter and right. um, possibly leaving that aspect to uh, either a space agency like NASA or right. another company or uh, something like that. Well, he
0: can't do everything. Right, company exactly. exactly. like, can't, you know, <laughs> right. transport them there. You know, set up a, a city of one million people. That that's, that's <laughs> a lot to put on your plate. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Transporting them is going to be difficult enough. Right. Uh, there's plenty of
1: challenges uh, just associated with that one aspect of it.
0: Right. You know, one thing he he didn't mention, and for me this is always one of the biggest points is okay, you're you're transporting these people. Um. You know, once you leave leave the protection of Earth and I, and I guess our, our, our gravitational field and whatnot, our, our electromagnetic safety net there um and, and you're you're left with these these high energy particles this this radiation that apparently is deadly to humans um you know he didn't mention how we're going to survive that going going across uh to Mars there yeah sure um that's definitely a challenge and um he really did not
1: address that uh very well you know he him i think he mentioned something along the lines of well you know we'll figure that out that won't be a big deal but right um, you know, just how to do that is
0: is going to be um, just one of the many challenges. Exactly. So he, he did mention that whether it's SpaceX or another company that ends up actually accomplishing this mission, accomplishing human travel to Mars, uh, accomplishing the city of one million people, I, I felt like he was somewhat insinuating that if it doesn't work, that's not my point here. My point here is to spearhead the effort, is, is to inspire people, is, is to uh, hopefully other people will follow in our steps if SpaceX is not successful with this. Yeah, I think um, he definitely
1: acknowledged that there are a lot of challenges and that this may not work at all. Um, right. so, so I think he would love to see it happen at some point in the right. future. Um, you know, of course, I'm sure he'd like to see SpaceX succeed at this I'm sure and, he would, yeah. um, make lots of money, you know, charge people right. $200,000 a ticket, right. uh, to transport them to Mars. I, you know, I'm sure he would love to see SpaceX succeed and, and, sure, um, yeah. get that payback. Right. But barring that, um, you know, I think this has been a vision of his to make, mankind uh to you know to make the human species a uh, multiplanetary species right and so whether it's spacex or nasa or some other company um i think he would be pleased to see that uh eventually happen
0: right so it's not just a financial gain um for him it's it's something he he wants to see the human species succeed he he wants to <laughs> he wants to see them survive yeah it's a uh, ben- benefit do good for himself through doing good
1: for for everyone else, basically. Right,
0: right. Okay. I mean, I, I think that's actually pretty rare. Um, you know, a lot of people have have charities um, and and whatnot, but I, I feel like this is is probably going maybe a couple steps above just giving to a charity. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, and and what he can contribute, and what SpaceX can contribute um, to the human species and to people living right now. Isn't just a a chance of survival. Um, We're we're talking about these raptor engines that he's saying have the world's highest chamber pressure. Um, We're we're talking about fiber airframe components. We're talking about technology that we don't have um, in the aerospace industry right now. And he's he's spearheading some of these efforts. Um, Is this is this revolutionary in terms of what it might bring to the aerospace industry in the future? Well, SpaceX has been
1: spearheading uh, new technologies and new business practices uh, for a while now, right. actually. Um, they've already had a pretty big effect on the launch market um, right. with their current uh, launch vehicle, the, the Falcon 9, right. uh, which has drastically reduced Launch prices uh, within the industry. Right. Uh, you know, he's selling uh, a launch aboard the Falcon 9 for sixty million dollars, uh, roughly, uh, compared to his competitors, which are um, closer to ninety or or a hundred million dollars. Right. Um, so, so we've already seen uh, a lot of uh, changes because of SpaceX, and I expect that uh, whether or not the mission to Mars is successful, uh,
0: he will. Uh, continue to be driving change within right. that industry. Right. Um, and, you know, this is just a point I, I was thinking of. Um, you know, if, if whatever it is, 40 years, 100 years, we start establishing civilizations on Mars, um, you know, we have these these separate countries, that, you know, Russia, you know, China, the United States, India, you know, Brazil, who knows? Um, you know, are are they going to try to, you know, create their own little little sections within mars you think do you think um you know the the this this independent nature of humans you know i don't think it's going to last very long having you know the these little puppet sectors of of nations in mars and i can imagine that that the human species as as we are we would we would say no we're going to create our own mars mars country our own mars planet it's autonomous from the united states and from russia and china and all these places
1: yeah sure well um that question actually brings up a lot of interesting um, points. Uh, you know, the first one is right now there are actually treaties, uh, international treaties that uh, prevent any one country from claiming uh, property on uh, bodies in space, whether it be um, planets or moons or asteroids or right. whatever. Uh, so so this actually raises some, some questions of, of right. how do you balance these treaties along with uh this drive uh this human drive to explore and establish new things and right um so so i think that's going to be the f- the first hurdle to any sort of uh the first legal hurdle to any sort of um right uh conversation about establishing colonies uh and then i i think you're exactly right if if we ever do get to a point where we have colonies on other planets, I think you're definitely gonna going to see that tension. Um, you know, I think it will be something very similar to when the European powers established colonies in in the Americas. Exactly. And you had England and France and Spain and Portugal establishing these colonies, and then eventually, at some point, the, you know, the people in these colonies said, "Okay, m- you know, we're done. Right. This, this is going to be our own country now." Right. Uh, you know, and and you see very very little land in the Americas owned by European countries, you know, a few little islands here and there. Right,
0: It's too far of a distance, even right. across the ocean, right. to, to control that. It's, yeah. it's it's too much. Yeah,
1: and like you said, it's it's human nature. People people are people, and they're going to want to make their own decisions for themselves at some point.
0: Yeah, and there's a 1967 treaty I, I was reading yes. that says that we can't actually change the the landscape or or the environment or of of other planets um that would be a little difficult having a city of a million people (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah. and and, um changing the the landscape and
1: and even taking ownership is is going to be a, a challenge that um the United States and these other countries are going to have to work out. If we, get yeah. to, if we get to that point technologically, obviously, we need to right. um, get there first. Right.
0: So th- this is a first step. Um, there's obviously many other things you have to worry about. But I, I guess before you worry about those things, um, you got to take that first step. And this yeah. is, I think this is Elon Musk saying um, somebody needs to take that first step. Since, the, since we went to the moon, we haven't taken another step. Right. Exactly. Um, so that's him doing yeah. so.
1: Yeah, and and you know uh, you know another point that he raised was that uh, one of the problems with going to the moon was that it was so exorbitantly expensive right. um, that even the United States government, as much money as the U.S. government has, uh, isn't able to afford it. Um, right. So so he's so his goal is to drastically lower those costs so that we can start having conversations on, you know, okay, what do we do about the legality? What do we do about You know, habitats and supporting people once they're there. What do we do about radiation? Um, You know, he wants to lower those costs first and
0: then have those conversations. Well, it makes sense to me. Um, (laughs) Bill, thanks for uh, talking about this. Um, This is Matthew Beers. Uh, You've been listening to me and uh, Bill Ostrove. Uh, We'll be back next time.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure.